0: Amaveta bhakti vrindaki jai gora premanande All glorious to the assembled devotees. All glories to the assembled devotees. All glorious to the assembled devotees. All glorious to, to Sri, Guru, and Gauranga. All glorious to Shu Prabhupada. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prasthaya Bhutale Srimadhe Bhaktivinanta Swami Nityanamani. Namaste Sarasvati Jai Gora Puchara Yudhase Satsundi Nanyipas Kajalis Jarnath. Monday, Sri Guru, Sri Chappa, padakam lam Sri Guru, and the cha Chappa. Shri Rupam, Sagraja, Tam, Sagana, Raghunatam, Bittam, Stam, Sajivam, Sadwaitam, Sadwadu, Saika, Krishna, Jay, Tanmidim, sri Radha, Krishna, Padam, Sagana, Lalita, Sri Vishakam, Bittam's Chappa. Omnamo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Namo Bhagavateva February 24th, 2010, in Mayapur, reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto 3, Chapter 33, Activities of Kapila. This is the chapter of Devamuti, Attaining Bhakti. Text 3. In the prayers of Deva Bhuti. Saeva <laughs> Visvasya Bhavan Vidate Guna Pravahe na Viryaha virya sarga Bhivakta Viryaha Atme Tarkya sahasra Please check. Person, Eva. Eva, certainly, Visvasya, of the universe, Bhavan, you, Vidhate, carry on, Guna praha- Prava by the interaction of the modes, vivakta, divided, Viryaha, your energies, Sarva Adi, the creation and so on. So on. Aniha, the non-doer. non-doer. Avitata, Avitata, not Avitata. futile. avisandhi your determination. Your determination. Atma-ishwaraha, 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 the Lord of all living entities. All all living entities. Atarkya, Atarkya. Atarkya, inconceivable. inconceivable. Sahasra, thousands shakti possessing energies possessing translation energy. and purport version Prabhupada. my dear lord although personally you have nothing to do you have distributed your energies in the interaction of the material modes of nature and for that reason the creation maintenance and dissolution of the cosmic manifestation take place my dear lord you are self determined and are the Supreme Personality of Godhead for all living entities. For them, you created this material manifestation, and although you are one, your diverse energies can act multifariously. This is inconceivable to us. Purple. The statement made in this verse by Devaruti that the Absolute Truth has many diverse energies, although he personally has nothing to do, is confirmed in the Upanishads. There is no one greater than Him, nor on an equal level with Him, and everything is completely done by His energy, as if by nature. It is understood herein, therefore, that although the modes of nature are entrusted to different manifestations like Brahma, Vishnu, and Shiva, each of whom is particularly invested with different kinds of power, the Supreme Lord is completely aloof from such activities. Debuthi is saying, Although you personally are not doing anything, your determination is absolute. There is no question of you fulfilling your will with the help of anyone besides yourself. You are in the end the supreme soul and the supreme controller. Your will, therefore, cannot be checked by anyone else. The Supreme Lord can check others' plans. As it is said, man proposes, and God disposes. But when the Supreme Personality of God it proposes, that desire is under no one else's control. He is absolute. We are ultimately dependent on Him to fulfill our desires, but we cannot say that God's desires are also dependent. That is His inconceivable power. That which may be inconceivable for ordinary living entities is easily done by Him and in spite of his being unlimited, he has subjected himself to being known from the authoritative scriptures like the Vedic literatures. As it is said, shabda mul He can be known through the Shabda Brahma or Vedic literature. Why is the creation made? Since the Lord is the Supreme Personality of Godhead for all living entities, He created this material manifestation for those living entities who want to enjoy or lord it over material nature. As the Supreme Godhead, He arranges to fulfill their various desires. It is confirmed also in the Vedas, Ego, bahunam Yo, Vidadaki, The Supreme One supplies the necessities of the many living entities, and the Supreme One, the Supreme Personality of Godhead, alone maintains them and supplies them by His inconceivable energy sa'eva visvasya bhavan guna pravahena yaha sargad yanilo vittata Bhishandvir Tarkya sahasra shaktihi. My dear Lord, although personally you have nothing to do, you have distributed your energies in the interaction of the material modes of nature. And for that reason, the creation, maintenance, and dissolution of the cosmic manifestation takes place. My dear Lord... You are self-determined, a rather supreme personality Godhead for all living entities. For them, you created this material manifestation and although you are one, your diverse energies can act multifariously. This is inconceivable to us. So Devahuti says that the Lord's desires are not obstructed. They are always fulfilled. We have so many desires. If we can think for a moment all of the desires that we have even just in one day what to speak of a lifetime or many lifetimes can we say that our own desires are unobstructed? Can anyone say that? That whatever they desire it's there? Even after much endeavor they may still be Obstructed. It's explained in the 15th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita that the whole creation is situated on desires, like a banyan tree that's reflected in the water of desire. Really it's our desires that are moving everything. As Krishna explains, yam yam bhavi svarambhavam Smaram bhava, what you think about, smaram is to remember, to think about, bhava is your emotions, your mood. Not just what you think about in passing, but what you think about with intensity. That determines the body and the situation that you have. So if we think now about the body we have in this lifetime, the family in which we were born, the amount of wealth we have, health education, connections, how much facility we have for a spiritual life according to our birth situation. That was all determined by our previous desires. And who can look at their life? Anybody here can look at your life and you say, Perfect? Anybody? Do you look in the mirror and say, Yes, exactly what I wanted. So, our, though our desires are running everything, we don't know what to desire. Similarly, our desires are the key to attaining perfection. This section, this chapter starts the city booming. This is about attaining perfection. So in the twelfth chapter, Krishna says you should think of him with love. And if you can't do that, what should you do? My Bhakti Shastri students, you better know this by now. Follow the regular principles, well. the regular principles. and what is the Sanskrit? <laughs> you all know Maharaj knows the whole Bhagavad Gita and all Krishna books. Right? We were once sitting at Prasadam in Russia. Said, "Would you like to hear a chapter from Krishna Book? you think he's going to open the book, and he just recites the chapter. It says Abhyas Yoga." Abhyas Yoga. So if you can't just think of Krishna with love, you do this Abhyas Yoga. Or we call generally sadhana bhakti. Abhyas means? Practice. practice. And the result, why to do Abhyas Yoga? To develop, what's the Sanskrit? Desire. Desire. Itcha. Itcha to develop a desire. Because if you only desire Krishna, then you attain Krishna. If you're desiring a dog, then you become a dog. You desire Krishna, you become like Krishna. Isn't it? One time, we were taking our students on a field trip. You all know what a field trip is? When you go and study something outside the classroom. On the way back, we saw a lot of smoke in the air. It was a big fire and the children said, Oh, Mother Mila, let's go see the fire. And there was an apartment complex on fire, eight apartments. Very severe fire, we couldn't get close for a long time. After the fire brigade started to put out the fire and we went close, we saw a young woman with three small children outside of the house. She didn't have her shoes, she didn't have her money, she had just grabbed her children. In the same way at the time of death, the mind grabs that to which it has the greatest attachment. When the body is on fire, With death, the mind tries to hold on. What can I take with me out of this world? And that is what constructs our next body, even not just at the time of death. Our various desires in this life push us to action. We talk about the law of karma. Karma is determined by our desires. I want something, therefore I act in a particular way, and according to those actions, I get reactions. So everything, whether material or spiritual, is seated on desire. The various bodies and situations I get in this world are all seated on desire. And my ultimate attainment of perfection in love of God is also seated on desire, whether material or spiritual. But as I asked at the beginning, we might ask, can I really control whether or not I get my desires? Can I really remove all the obstructions? Is it just a matter of sitting down and saying, okay, I have a desire? There are some new age philosophies like that. Maybe some of you have heard of them. You just sit down and desire. You don't do anything. You just sit in your room and meditate. Red car with fancy wheels and I'm driving it and it feels really good. And then you'll just look in your driveway and there it will be (laughs) Uh, but I think we've all had experience that this doesn't necessarily work. Even things you strive for very diligently, with great endeavor over a long period of time, may not succeed, isn't it? Or you may succeed, and when you succeed, you find out, oh, that wasn't what I wanted. Why did I try so hard for that? Isn't it? I'm going to get this job with this company, and you work so hard. One devotee came to me the other day, I'm in love with this girl, help me marry her. And when you marry her, she may not be exactly what you have in your head. (laughs) You may say, why did I work so hard for this? So we cannot control that, and an intelligent person figures out, I'm not the only agent for fulfilling my desires. There's other factors beyond my control." So an intelligent person goes to a more powerful person and enlists their help. They go to maybe a politician or somebody, go to a demigod. In modern society, not too many people go to a demigod. And they try to get the help for fulfilling their desire. Now, this is a very important point, that the materialistic person, the conditioned soul, doesn't understand The way to really become satisfied is to fulfill your desires in a different way. If we look at the root of all desires, the root of all desires, let's think of money. Anybody here would refuse money? You know, they say, no matter how much money you're earning, you always want to earn 10% more. Really? So if someone outside the door offered you, you know, a thousand euros, would you accept? Probably. So why do we want money? We want money because it gives us security. If I have money, I can have a place to stay. I can pay for the water bill, the electricity. I can buy food. I can buy clothing. I can get safety. Money may also give me uh, some status in the community. I have, therefore, community and friends. It may give me pleasures, nice food, nice clothing, a good CD player with a first class speaker, vacation trips so what are we looking for we're looking for security we're looking for happiness or money may get you knowledge then you can pay for all the MI courses or you can go to a university so ultimately we're not looking for money ultimately we're looking for eternity knowledge and bliss relationships right? meaning happiness Satisfaction, fun, relationships. That's really the root of our desires. And the problem with the materialists is they're trying to fulfill those desires, which are ultimately spiritual because they're part of the soul, in a way separate from Krishna. And that's why those desires are obstructed. But they don't figure that out. They don't figure, I'm trying to fulfill my desire in the wrong way. They become very determined. It's explained, Bhagyam Mukha, we turned our face from Krishna. And we think the fulfillment of our desires is ahead of us. We see something ahead of us, some nice car, a house, a nice man, nice woman, nice this, nice that, and we think that will give me happiness, that will give me safety, that will give me knowledge. But when we try to get it, we just hit a wall. That is because what we're looking at is just a, What? Reflection. Where is the reality therefore? If in front of us is a reflection, the reality must be behind us. We've turned from it. So the materialistic person who figures out, I'm not independent in fulfilling my desires, they don't think to turn around to the genuine source of fulfillment. They simply try to get someone to help them to pull the apple in the house and the car out of the mirror. And of course, that is also ultimately frustrated, because even if you get that thing, dukali and Mashasvatam, it's temporary. It doesn't give you real satisfaction. And sometimes people even go to Krishna. And sometimes the demigods and Krishna fulfill those desires, but the person doesn't get the root of the desire fulfilled. Like Hiranyakashipu, he got a strong body, couldn't be attacked with thunderbolts. He could be victorious over everyone in the universe, but he didn't get the root of that desire, which is real eternal life, a position of ultimate security. He got his palaces, huh? he got his, all of his money and opulences, but he didn't get happiness. It said he was always drunk on strong smelling wine and always chastising the demigods for no reason. Two major symptoms of not being happy. You can tell an unhappy person they're yelling at others for no reason, correct? So he apparently got his desires, but he didn't really get his desires. So a little bit more intelligent thinks, oh, okay. It's not just asking Krishna or the demigods or somebody for my desires, but let me try to align my desires with Krishna, because here it says Krishna's desires are never obstructed. So if I align my desires with Krishna, whose desires are never obstructed, then my desires also will not be obstructed. So the lowest level of this are the devas. They are thinking, I want to control, they have the yashura above. Let me control for Krishna. Let me control with Krishna. Let me control the way Krishna desires. Let me vanquish the demons. Let me establish dharma in the universe. But because they're not really fully aligned with Krishna, still they don't get the essence of what they're desiring. It's a little bit better, but it's still not quite there. The pure devotee understands that Krishna wants to give me complete satisfaction of the essence of all desires. Krishna doesn't want to give me something which will not truly fulfill my desires. Krishna wants to give me the genuine thing. If your child is hungry, do you want to give them chewing gum? You all know what is chewing gum? No? So they, originally they used to get it from trees in South America. It's this kind of uh, sticky resin substance. And when you chew it, and you chew it, and they put some flavor in it. But you can't swallow it. I mean, if you can, but it would—you wouldn't be a very happy thing to swallow it. It's not actual food. It doesn't have any nourishment. But you can, like, some calorie. You can make some chewing motions, and you can oh, try, and you get some taste sensation. So you may have some illusion that you are eating, but you're not truly eating. Or they have not food for people who want to lose weight zero-calorie food. The whole purpose of food is calories. Right? So it looks like food, tastes like food, but doesn't actually give you any nourishment. It gives you disease instead. So what good parent wants to give their hungry child zero-calorie food? If your child is hungry, you want to give them genuine food. So, the pure devotees, or those aspiring for pure devotional service, they know, I should go to Krishna for the fulfillment of my desires, because He is, let's see, what are all the things Devavati says here? Because He is the modes of material nature. He is creation, dissolution, and maintenance. And He controls all these through breaking up the modes of material nature. He has no material activities. He's the Lord of the jivas. He has sahasra-shakti. He has all potencies. And his desires are never obstructed. So for all these reasons Deva gives, I'm going to go to him. And not only am I going to go to him, not just say, Okay, Krishna, here's my list. I'd I'd like this, I'd like this, I'd like this, I'd like this, I'd like that. Okay, hurry up. The order supplier. Not like that. Order supplier means like you go to a shop and if they have it, you buy it, then you leave the shop. And if they don't have it, you also leave the shop. Treating Krishna like an order supplier means I ask him for something. Once he gives it, I go away. And if he doesn't give it, I also go away. I only stay long enough to pick up my order. Not like that. And not even like the devas. But Krishna, I know that you know the best way to fulfill all my real desires, the deep desires. The reason I want that pair of shoes, or that sari, or that new house, or to marry that person, or move to that place, or, is because what I'm really looking for, Lord, is you. I'm really looking for, to be myself, to be a soul. I'm looking to be that eternal being, who has full security, who has full happiness. Bhaktisannathya Saraswati commenting on Anandam of the Shikshastaka, he says, although the jiva is limited, its capacity for enjoyment is unlimited. That's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for unlimited enjoyment, eternal youthful life with no old age and disease, perfect eternal relationships, my eternal home. We all have a home. We all have our own furniture in asana, our own ornaments. I'm looking really for that. And so, my dear Lord, if you think I'm asking just simply for zero-calorie food, I trust you if you don't give me that. I trust that you are going to fulfill all my desires in reality. You may not fulfill my illusory ways of getting those desires. You don't want me filling my belly with zero calorie food. Rather you want to increase and increase and increase my itcha, my desire for you. Because only in that way will I get the true fulfillment of all desires. And my dear friends, if we have that desire, that is always fulfilled and never obstructed. Because that is also Krishna's desire. Krishna's desiring more than me to have us back. Just like parents of an errant child, they are much more desiring the child to come home than the child wants to come home. It's always like that. So Krishna's greatest desire is that we come, that we have our relationship of love with them. And Prabhupada says, each of us have a unique relationship with Krishna. Nobody else has... Now Rupa Goswami delineates the five staival, and then there are so many divisions of each, different kinds of gopis, left wing and right wing, and they have this all different categories. And you go down one sub-level, two sub-level, three sub-level. But each of us has our own unique relationship with Krishna and he's missing that of course he can manifest himself just like when Ramas told all the cows or boys and the cats Krishna could manifest copies so whatever unique relationship we have Krishna can get that without our participation but he'd rather get it with our participation why because that makes us happy and he wants our happiness one of the devotees just embroidered a chatter for me, and I was so happy. And she said, I'm doing this for your happiness. And said, so, this is my reward, to see you happy. Or well, the devotees are going to be in a drama tonight. Why? So the audience will be happy, isn't it? That's your pay. So Krishna also is like that. Prabhupada says in the story of Krishna fighting Jambavan, that Krishna has all the inclinations of the ordinary of all of, all of us. So he also wants us to be happy. That's his greatest pleasure, is to see that we're happy. Not by chewing gum, (laughs) not by craziness, but he wants us to be happy in reality. So that is his desire. Therefore, if we also have that desire, it will certainly be fulfilled. There will not be any obstructions. You can say, all right, you know, that sounds very nice, but I've been trying to cultivate that desire for five years, ten years, twenty years, thirty years, forty years, and it seems that there's so many obstructions. Prabhupada explains that pure devotional service is when it continues despite the obstructions. So everybody understands this in the world, there are so many love songs, materialistic love songs. You know, there ain't no mountain high enough, no river wide enough to keep me from getting near. Of course, materially that's not true. If you love someone in this world, there's a river wide enough and a mountain high enough that will stop the relationship. But that's the test. That's the test. And the Prophet was speaking about this. One of the times he was speaking about this, he was saying, Just like I came to America and I had two heart attacks. But they didn't stop, Shiva Prabhupada. They didn't stop, Shiva And no, nothing obstructs it. Even your only child is killed on the battlefield, surrounded by Maharatis, practically in the presence of the Lord. And your color of devotion for Krishna doesn't change, even one shade. You accept, my dear Lord, if the death of my son will help put forward your plan then I am happy to play that role. I accept uh, whatever it may be. Gatokacha, what was his role? To accept the Shakti dart and fall on the battlefield so Arjuna wouldn't be harmed. That was his part. He didn't say, oh, Krishna, I'm your devotee. Why are you killing me on the battlefield with the Shakti dart? What kind of a... Why do you keep putting this obstruction? No. Whatever. The coward boys, when they came back from going to the Brahmanas, and Krishna had told them, go to the Brahmanas. Sometimes we think if Guru or Krishna says, do this, it must all work out. He said, go to the Brahmanas. And they came back, they said, they didn't even answer. They didn't even have the courtesy to say no. They just ignored us, Your infallible orders, Krishna says, "No worry. This is what happens when you beg. Sometimes people say no." That was Krishna's desire to glorify the wives of the Brahmins. So the coward boys were happy. Okay, we still love Krishna. That was, I'm sure, humiliating. Isn't that humiliating? You go to ask somebody for something and they ignore you, but their love for Krishna didn't change. Never mind, whatever. The crews are trying to take my clothes off. I don't think, Krishna, why are you letting this happen? Is Krishna, save me. Whatever you want, please save me if you like. So the way to have our spiritual desires unobstructed is that whenever there's an obstruction, we go on somehow or it. Maybe you can't go on very much. The gender was in the water for a thousand years, bitten by the crocodile. He couldn't eat. You know, we fast for one day, it's hard. And you do a near job for 24 hours, and after a while you're just saying, "When's us fast. A thousand years, and being bitten by a crocodile, he was in extreme pain. Sometimes the obstructions give us extreme pain, and with great difficulty, he lifted the lotus flower. That was all he could do, just somehow or other, to lift my Lord and offer some prayers. But somehow, even sometimes, all you can do is just remember Krishna. You're so sick, maybe there's a tube down your throat, you can't speak, whatever. Somehow, to maintain that favorable attitude, anukulena krishna nushiwana. Krishna, I'm always favorably disposed to. So I always want to please you. doesn't matter what you do to me. You can throw me in kitha janmaha, you can make me a worm, you can kill my son on the bat. Whatever you do, I'm always favorable. And if we do that, then our spiritual desires will be fulfilled also unobstructed. We will get our heart's desire. As it says in Bhagavatam, that to the tried devotee, that Krishna's mercy is unlimited like Brahman and Shukshman, very, very fine. And then we will truly get everything that we ever wanted. We may not get the broken pieces of glass, but we will get a fine diamond. And we will say, my Lord, I'm so sorry I ever asked you for broken pieces of glass. So we should be considering at every moment, what am I really desiring? And do I realize that everything I'm desiring ultimately is wanting Krishna? Why don't I just want Krishna? Let me just want Krishna. Let me just want to think of Krishna, to please Krishna, to serve Him, to serve His mission in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to serve His devotees, to serve His knowledge. And in all circumstances I will do at least some service. And I will trust. Not that Krishna will fulfill all of my desires externally exactly how I have it in my head because what I have in my head may be zero calorie food. But that Krishna will fulfill all of my needs, all of my desires in total perfection. And that I trust that He knows how to do that far better than I do. I therefore put myself in His hands and simply meditate on His service. And when we do that, what one gets is peace. One gets freedom, one gets peace, without which there is no question of happiness. And therefore the devotee is not affected by anything in this material world. So, thank you very much. We have a few minutes, questions, comments, yes, from... Is there a mic for the question, the questioners. A questioner mic. I'll do the best I can. Suresh Sharp, you're, you know, try to project somehow. All right. uh, I'll repeat your question. It's very clear to me from hearing your class that I I have to, again, I have to come to my real desire. Because you're right, I don't know what to desire. Now I'm hearing you, and it's very clear, and I want to do that. Just desire what Krishna wants, and then I'll be happy, I'll be free, how to keep how to keep that going. Ah, how to keep the desire to desire what only Krishna desires, it okay. keeps wavering, you know? It keeps wavering. That darn honest to Bhakti, huh? It's a problem, isn't it? How to get to the point where one is always fixed. So of course the reason that it's wavering is there's still these anarthas in the heart. And these inarthas are acting as magnets and they're attracting Rajagun and Tamagun to cover us. Because when I have an anarta, when I have something unwanted, it means it's illusory. And I can't get something illusory fulfilled if I'm in the light and the truth, by definition. So when I want something illusory, Krishna has to cover me. So how to get rid of the illusory things? He's very good at that. We had one uh, devotee, Bhakti Vignan Vinash Narasimha Maraj. So that of course takes some courage. To go in front of the Lord and say, please remove the garbage. However you want to do it. And I'll cooperate with you. It takes some courage. We're afraid. And just like we have some devotees, I'm sure we all know some devotees who have cancer. Everybody knows someone who has cancer? You all, everybody met someone who has cancer? So sometimes a person is feeling healthy and they just go for a regular checkup. One devotee told me this just happened to her. And they said, oh, you have cancer. So you didn't know you have cancer. And the doctor says that's cancer. And you trust the doctor. You're looking at the scans and the x-rays, and you don't know how to read them. The doctor said, that's cancer, it'll kill you. And you say, okay, yes, sir. What do I have to do, sir? And he says, well, we're going to cut you open. Can you imagine? Here, cut me open. Such trust. And then the doctor may say, and after we cut you open, we're going to flood your body with poison. You'll vomit. Your hair will fall out. It'll hurt for you to touch your joppa beads. One of my god sisters was telling me. She had to get fluffy joppa beads because it hurt to touch the beads. Your immune system will be compromised. You won't be able to be out in public. And we'll radiate you. And yes, I know you read that article that if the radiation is one centimeter off, it will burn a hole through your bones. But we'll be careful. And you say, yes, sir. And you do it. So we have to trust Krishna like that. We go in front of the doctor, as Pankajendra Prabhu says, doctor missing today. You go in front of the doctor and you say, diagnose me, please. And he says, okay, this thing you think is love is actually lust. <laughs> no, it's not. It's nice. No, it's lust. This thing you think is devotion is just desire for pratista. This thing you think this is actually here is all the tumors. And you have to believe him. We argue. Krishna tells us in the heart, Prabhupada speaks to us from the purport. Guru says to us, this is an anarta. No, it's not an anarta. I like it. Like the people who keep pythons as pets. They keep a tiger as a nice tiger. So we have to believe it's an innata. And then we have to submit ourselves for the treatment with faith, with courage. We should have at least as much courage as an ordinary, materialistic, atheistic cancer patient has for a very fallible doctor. And then submit. Lord, whatever you want to do, it's all right. It's all right. And if you say, well, I can't do that. If, if some of you are listening to me and you're going, oh, no, not now. Maybe in five years. There's one devotee who says this every time I tell her. We should take care of this problem. She says, maybe in five years. Maybe in 20 years. So if you feel like that, then we pray for Courage. As Lord Ramachandra says, and the Singhadev also says, if you go and you pray for courage, courage is faith. Please give me courage. Please give me the courage to trust you. Yeah, maybe it'll hurt. Sometimes it hurts. I'm not going to lie to you and say it will not hurt. Robinson said, and still in this sense, a hard struggle with determination. Yes, Kevala anandakanda. I know that. But it sometimes hurts also. Why? Because we're holding on to the Anarthas. If you're holding on, if somebody pulls it out, it hurts. But if we're willing to take the surgeon's knife and the chemotherapy, why can't we take Krishna's treatment? Why not? And actually it only hurts for a moment. We all have so much experience. Everyone here has experience of giving up some anartha and finding, oh, why didn't I do that a long time ago, right? It's wonderful. You feel clean and refreshed, like you just took a bath and clear lake. So if we want to have that, if we want to always, if we want always to be in ecstasy and we want always to be free, and we want always to remember Krishna. Nista, we want to be fixed. We have to be willing to get rid of the anatis. Which means we have to submit to the doctor with courage. And how do we do that? Because we want Krishna so much that we're willing to do anything. Otherwise, we'll not have the courage. People want to get money so much that they'll work 16 hours a day. They'll eat garbage food. They'll neglect their family just to make money. We should be willing also to go through anything for Krishna. How to do that? One has to hear about Krishna, how wonderful Krishna is. Goswami says, if you hear about how wonderful Krishna is, then you'll not be interested in any of these anointings. Then you'll say, okay, whatever you need to do, Lord, I don't care what it is. I I don't care. Put me in a worm body. Right? He says to Krishna, you can put me in any species of life. I don't care as long as I have you. So to get that courage that we can submit ourselves, one has to develop some attachment to Krishna. and has to meditate how wonderful Krishna is. How charming he is. How beautiful he is. How strong he is. Here we have descriptions of him in the material world. How powerful he is. And if you can't do that, meditate on him in water, in light, in gravity. How wonderful he is! And after a while, you'll think, "I'll do anything to get him, whatever it takes." Kill me on the battlefield, whatever. Does that help?
1: We have time, I think, for one more. Yes,
0: for. Yes. Will Krishna do it anyway? No, Krishna doesn't interfere with the minute independence of the living entity. You have the desire. Therefore, Krishna says, the purpose of a Vyasi Yoga or sadhana bhakti is to develop a desire. No doctor will go into your house in the middle of the night and put anise chloroform on your face and take out your tumour without your permission. You have to have a desire. No university will give you a diploma, you know, just walk into your house and you're sitting in front of the television and give you a diploma. You have to have a desire. And that's all we have, really. Prabhupada says in Isha Upanishad, we should know what's ours and what's not ours. What I have is desire. I have my free will. So Krishna will not interfere with our free will. Thank you very much. All glories to Juru Prabhupada. All glories to my friends.